Um, but no, we, uh, this is almost like a long time coming. It's been about a week now. Um, so we do have some questions that people, you know, wrote in. They want to have answers. Um, this is an opportunity for people outside of our, you know, immediate circle to kind of see what kind of conversations black men have regarding some of the things that are going on in our, um, that go on in our personal lives um, and how what's happening affects us. So um, I guess we all go around and introduce ourselves really quickly. My name is Quan King, uh, originally from Detroit, Michigan. I now live in South Philadelphia. Uh, my name is Mario Sims. Uh, I am born and raised in Philadelphia. I'm still a resident of Philadelphia. Uh, my name is Warren Young. I was born in New York. I now live in um, Philadelphia. And I'm Kevin Childs, was born in New Jersey, in Orange. I've uh, been in Philadelphia since 2001. And Christopher Hill, born in Baltimore, Maryland. Live in Baltimore, Maryland. All right, um, just hop right into some questions. Um, some of these have some themes. I'll try to keep them as succinct as possible. Um, and we'll just go from there. So first question, how do I even begin to start a conversation of how I can best support my colleagues of color? I'll take this. I'm gonna go into this one. So this is something I've been thinking about a lot over the past little bit. Um, and I think my energy ends up being around people just having conversations with everybody. So I felt a lot of, I don't know, it's, it's been this weird feeling. It's kind of this mixed feeling because everybody's talking about how do I help my colleagues of color, my friends of color, how do I engage in these conversations? And I think on a very minimal scale like it's just talking right we just have a conversation about a thing with a person right um i think everyone uh, white people black people asians hispanics i think everybody's kind of feeling a thing and i feel like if we start talking about things if i want to ask one of y'all what's going on just what's how you feeling about a thing like hey kevin how's your day you would tell me how your day was i feel like when i feel like it gets when we try to focus, it changes, it changes the energy, it changes the intention and it makes it very specific. And I feel like we can reel it back some and make it just conversation. Like we just gotta check in with people. We have to ask conversations about things. If it's something we don't know, we ask about it and just try to figure it out. Um, I think for me, from my perspective, um, first is, is really acknowledging that there are inequities there are differences um you know I, I hear a lot a lot of times people say that they are colorblind or they don't see color and there's there's a certain level of insincerity in that it's like if you don't know you don't recognize that you know i'm black uh then you're not understanding the struggle that i have to go through on a daily basis you're not understanding the the, the level of privilege that you're already at as a result of that you're not understanding like the true history of america and how this is integrated into everything so um, it, it's nothing wrong with recognizing color. It's, it's how you respond to that recognition. And um, the best thing to do is, is to be able to have open dialogue, I feel like. You know, it's oftentimes, I was watching a, a video with uh, Maggie yesterday about white fragility and how like, you know, a lot of, you know, white people panic when you mention race and they retract and they get really defensive and you know, it's, that's not an appropriate reaction 
you know, because it's, there's no need to get defensive when somebody mentions something that exists in our society on a daily basis. You wouldn't, you know, get freaked out if somebody mentioned the football game. So, like, why are you freaked out about racism? And um, I think but isn't that, that. But isn't that the question, Quan? Isn't that the question that came up though? Like, so, yeah. like, how are people? How how do you have this conversation? I agree with you. I I, I think right. people shouldn't feel anything. I feel like it's just conversational. Um, and I mm-hmm. feel like the question that the question or the the point that the question was trying to get to is they don't know how to ask the question they don't know how to talk and I feel like that's that's like a thing right and I feel like it's it 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 goes beyond race and I know this is you know I guess a lot of the focus of this has been kind of sparked around a lot of the the racial stuff that we've seen over the past few weeks but I feel like people what people want to know is how to have conversations so whether or not they feel it and I feel like that's the tough part right like they feel it It doesn't matter like we all feel a thing about a thing so how how do we not feel a thing or how how despite my feelings of this like I'm scared I'm afraid I'm whatever how do I have the conversation I feel like that's what people want to know and I could be wrong but this is kind of my thinking yeah. Let me let me hop in real quick like so I got a call like that uh from a friend on um on Friday, Thursday or Friday. And it's a white guy I've known for a number of years. And um, and just genuinely, honestly asking, you know, I manage a team of people. I have some uh, some coworkers. Um, how do I start a conversation? And, and he felt comfortable, you know, coming to me asking um, how to begin. I had a conversation and, you know, I told him it's, it's no right way, as you guys noted, um, you're going out and have the conversation um, with someone you trust first or with someone who um, you feel comfortable with, maybe a, a beginning segue into that conversation. Uh, but having it and then showing that general care, um, you know, person to person. Um, and he said like this, you know, I realize I might have some privilege in this regard. I've never had to think about these things in this kind of way. Um, but, I, you know, it's made me feel something these last few weeks, seeing what happened uh, um, to George Floyd made me feel a different way that, I need I need to get involved. I need to I need to figure out a way to help. And uh, having that initial thought, I think, is kind of the goal of why we're here today. Is like you know how to help people get there, get to that idea where it's like, all right, this is happening. I want to talk about it more. I want to figure out ways to to get involved. I want to figure out ways to change the conversation. I want to figure out ways to make race um, something that's easier to talk about among people who you know tend to not have those conversations. So um, and he wanted to know what to do with his team and his colleagues. So you know, I was like. You know, I think the beginning steps for people, as you've seen corporations do, is send out a statement. You know, we stand with Black Lives Matters, or we stand with those who are are open to um to change, or we stand with those who are uh, in a struggle right now and looking to to for better for better days ahead. And then, you know, past that, you know, if you want to have uh, schools do, you know, uh, Blake School uh, has uh, affinity groups. He set up groups for like-minded, well, like-minded, like uh, same background, similar backgrounds, things like that. Groups that where people can come together, um, have these conversations in institutions that may be predominantly white or companies that may be predominantly white um, or predominantly majority, whatever the majority might be. And there's a voice for people who maybe feel unheard. I think if corporations, friends begin to have these conversations, begin to open dialogue in a way that wasn't open before, um, give people a forum to speak their mind um, and also to ask questions on the other side um, to feel like they have the ability to connect to a, a, a situation they may not know about to educate themselves um, that's a step in the right direction 
and then also for people not to feel um, hurt by any level of, of ignorance. And ignorance sometimes can be a powerful word, but like in this regard, it's like I don't know, right? So like I'm I'm just unaware of the the plight um, that uh, people of color deal with, and specifically black people. So like I want to learn more. So I think just expressing those feelings. Um, if you have a group of friends that you're close with at work, um, really laying it out. You know all the stuff that's going on. Um, I want to learn more. I want to educate myself. I'm concerned. Um, being honest, coming to you know meeting people where you are. You know, and and people have to be comfortable with that. Like there's going to be some people who give pushbacks. You know, um, there's going to be some folks you run into. I don't feel like I got to educate the whole white race. Like that's not my job. Some people feel that way that's their prerogative. You can't get frustrated in, in your quest to learn. You gotta feel like you can overcome that and go to the next person because somebody's gonna give you the opportunity to learn. Somebody's gonna sit down, talk to you and, 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 and kind of give you that feedback that you need. So I think being hungry for that knowledge is the step in the right direction. Hey, Kev, just kudos for your, uh, your friend to have the courage to even call you to ask that question. That's the first step in my opinion. And just to add on to it, just come from curious, be sincere and just be open-minded. You know, just, just, just care. Um, and that, that's just, you know, just come from curious. Yeah. There's no right way to care. You know, exactly. so once you care, right. you open. Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. And I think not, not being afraid to make mistakes. I mean, nobody is perfect. There is no conversation that's going to solve racism in this country. Um, but being willing to care and, and have that dialogue, to even be, be criticized sometimes for maybe being like, you know, like you were saying, like being ignorant to something that you just honestly didn't know um, is also important to, uh, to help move that needle forward. Um, oh, hold up. So, Juan, before we move on, um, Mary, you have anything to jump in on that? I, 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 was, wanna... I, was, I was about to chime in real quick. Oh, go, 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 go. Um, just uh, it was the piggyback off of Chris's statement about being open minded. Um, yeah, that's something I think that has to be on both sides of the conversation because uh, speaking about these, you know, injustices and things like that, my perspective of what society or life is, is, is different from somebody else's, you know, whether it's race or uh, uh, financial background or whatever the case may be, uh, those perspectives are going to be extremely different. Uh, and I just think the biggest thing is, is truly being open-minded. In, in regards to having those types of conversations. Like you have to come in honestly, being able to accept things that you may not absolutely understand at all. Um, and I think that where it, a, a problem happens a lot, hearing things that, and that you don't relate to or you don't understand. Um, but that's really my sense on that. Yeah. So I had this, I had this, so I guess I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about the white people in this case, the white people that are afraid to ask questions, right? The, the, the white people that are, or the white person that's is sending this message, reaching out to their black friend that they feel safe around, right? Actually, and I, I, I can even better say the non-black person that's reaching out to their black friend saying, you know, asking this question or doing this thing, right? I feel like for those people, those white people, or I'm sorry, those non-black people that don't have that you know, that don't have that Kevin in their life where they can reach out and say, oh, Kevin, blah, blah, blah. But because I'm thinking about these situations where I feel like there is this depiction of Black people being angry. 
having having these pent up emotions and these responses to things that I think may scare people. I feel like as black people, we have this different understanding of that feeling of this kind of this this feeling that people hold on to hold on to. So when we see you know some racial injustice, it it touches us a different way. It's very personal to us. So I'm thinking about the white person that cares. I'm thinking about the white person that, or excuse me, the non the non black person that wants to ask a question and connect. And what they're thinking about is, I I'm afraid that I'm gonna get you know, like this person's gonna you know give me a verbal lashing. Like I don't I I I, I don't and I really don't know. Like I'm just curious and I want to ask a question, but I'm wondering if there's this you know there's this feeling like I don't want to upset this person because I'm really coming from a place of curiosity. And I think that's the thing. I think we know that curiosity is important. I think coincidentally, the five of us are okay with being curious and, and accepting curiosity and accepting people kind of coming in to say, um, go ahead, Mark. No, go ahead. I'm just gonna go next, actually. Oh, sorry. Um, yeah, I think there's this the curiosity that we understand we're okay with, but I don't know if everybody is there. I don't know if everybody is able to be curious or, or accept this curiosity the way we are. And I feel like that kind of pushes people away. That may make this non-black person afraid. Like I have, I have this um, Puerto Rican friend that I've known for about 15 years that kind of had this very same conversation with me not too long ago. I'm like, what can I do? Like, how can I help? And I'm thinking, and as I kind of went to this, well, I meant, I, my thinking is as a minority, I would have thought dot, 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 right? Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of why I opened up with this it's about everybody having a conversation with everybody about what you don't know. But for the people that are afraid or don't have that safe person that's not like them, what do they do and how do they do it? Right. Um, and I was going to say, like, it's, it has to be intentional, right? So, so I, I used a metaphor before where it's like, it's like sports. People that are interested in, in playing a sport, you don't give up because you're not good at it immediately. You have to learn, like, the fundamentals. You have to figure out some things are like you're going to make mistakes. You're not going to be good at certain things. You're going to find that, you know, you really want to be a quarterback, but then you realize you can't really throw the ball, but maybe you're better at wide receiver or maybe you're better at defensive back. So, like, you have to figure out where your lane is kind of in that conversation and find your voice. I think a lot of people sometimes, you know, they, they want to – they mean well and they want to they, – they think that that means that they – can't make mistakes. They can't error. They have to be perfect. And if it's something's taken out of context and they've done it wrong, and then like, what's the point? Because I'm not just gonna piss everybody off. And it's like, well, no. Like your coach might be upset that you maybe missed a shot, but that's what you have practice for. And so these conversations kind of become like that practice, having those difficult conversations, even if it's just like a small conversation with a coworker or you know, a friend of a friend even if just a small topic of, you know, help me to understand. I'm, I'm, I just want to understand your viewpoint. I want to, I want to hear what you have to say on this and kind of get better perspective. Um, helps make those more difficult conversations a little easier because at the end of the day, it's those difficult conversations that need to be had. And sometimes it is going to be a, a reflective conversation of like, look, like there was one time we were hanging out and you said something, you did something that's always going to stick with me. And, you know, I need to, I feel like I can bring that to your attention now. And that could be revelatory to that person. It opens them up to a new way of thinking and understanding being like, oh, wow, I didn't even like really think about that. Like, I didn't realize like me touching your hair was like, you know, crossing a boundary. It's like, 
Well, I mean, right. yeah, that's like a thing that maybe you're not aware of, but you know, that's something that you know. Now we can have that conversation. We can really like kind of get into that, and man, it might not be the same for you, but I just need you to appreciate that that's what it is for me. And so now we move forward from there. Um, that was all. That was my two cents. Yeah, and to piggyback on that, we can go, you know, to the next one. I know people want to piggyback more, but there, there are resources. Um, you know, whether they're books or, you know, like I said, if you have friends who are open, um, before you before you have that conversation, you want to kind of educate yourself and figure out kind of what's been going on. Um, you know, you may feel like you, you see a number of terms or or, or, or uh, things that, that you're curious about, whether it's social media or whether um, you hear things over, you know, the, the water cooler at work, whatever it is. Um, you know, there's a number of movies uh, on Amazon. There's like a whole slew of movies right now that are being offered that you can kind of research um, different things like Just Mercy. Um, there's a bunch of Spike Lee movies um, that are that just offer different perspectives on um, on this experience um, that that uh, you know Black people have have had in this country for a number of years. So um, there's a lot of things that. Uh, there's a lot of resources available that you can help. Um, one of the real good ones is um, I'm Not Your Negro. That's uh, by James Baldwin. Mm-hmm. A lot of great perspectives. He's a great writer, philosopher. Um, he obviously was alive during the time of Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, and those perspectives have obviously existed and persisted throughout time. So um, there are also those kind of resources that before you have that conversation or when you're about to have that conversation, if you want to kind of research or, or kind of educate yourself ahead of time you know there are those things available right now sure i'm getting the uh indicator we got 10 minutes left <laughs> next uh, next question go ahead go ahead my question is awesome. do, do you want to just go into the next meeting room or want to just try to get one in real quick get one in get one more in. okay all right so um this is gonna be a long one um we'll skip to a short one <laughs> I bet, bet each we- short um right so if this was short we wouldn't have to do this series right so so what you think on for this one as future parents of white children how do we raise them in a broken world this is mostly for the parents in the room in a broken world a broken world as as future parents of white children or even as current parents of white children right um how do you raise them in a broken world right and um i i'll take this one first because i I just had this conversation a couple weekends ago um you know, you raise your kids to be allies and um, and the best way that you can um, and raise them, you know, what, what was popular a few years ago is, oh, I raised my kids not to see color and they raised my kids not to see color and, and seeing color is okay. Um, you want to raise them not to treat people differently because of their color, because of their differences. Um, being accepting and um, and what it really means is to be an ally. You know, you're, you're a friend in all senses of the word. Like, you protect, you know, your friends, your family. Like, you know, this group of five, we look out for each other all the time. Um, if one of us doesn't have a voice, we lift that person up. Um, but you teach, you know, you teach kids that, unfortunately, and it's never too early to have a conversation. Um, I know different people, different parents have different philosophies. Um, whenever you feel the time is right to have a conversation, that's the right time to have a conversation, whether they're five, whether they're 10. Um, you know, if they see something at school or have an interaction, um, then it's, it's time to sit them down and say, hey, you know, unfortunately, these things exist. But we can help be part of the change, um, be part of the change, like show that care. Um, the fact that you're thinking about it in this way is already phenomenal. Um, but be part of the change. So, you know, kind of give them the resources um, to let them know, you know, there's some things that have happened. Um, if you can introduce your kids, if you have other friends of, of, of color or different backgrounds, 
um, kind of help them get comfortable. Um, you know, kids are comfortable with the things they've been around, you know, the things they experience, things that are different to them are, are outside. They're, they're a little bit uncomfortable. So the sooner that you kind of break down those barriers um, and give them different exposures, and that goes not just for people of color. I mean, that's, that can go to different religions, different, different anything. Um, mm-hmm. That, that kind of sets you on the right path. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, this is a, it's an easy one. Um, kindness and respect, kindness and respect. Um, that's, that's what I teach my kid. And um, I have two boys. Um, my oldest is five years old. And from the time he was two, um, he could communicate and talk. Uh, even going to daycare, I'm like, we treat everybody with what? And he would say, kindness and respect. So that's a, something that we've done every single day, going to daycare, going to um, kindergarten K-4, letting us that we treat everybody um, like no matter what your race is, your religion, whatever it is, we're all equals. Uh, we love everybody, and we treat them with kindness, respect. So, uh, the golden rule still comes into play. Treat everybody the way you want to be treated. Um, that's kind of what I always go back to. So, um, that's my my shorter answer than Kevin Childs, who I love very, very much. <laughs> so. <laughs> so it's funny. I'm sorry, Barry. Go ahead. I have all the thoughts in the world. So yeah, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you know, I agree. I agree with Chris, and I, I agree with Kevin as well. Um, I think the biggest thing, uh, as far as the we don't see color, yeah, I don't, I don't necessarily agree with that. Like you should, because uh, there are different colors, there are different races, and I think children should be aware of that as early as possible. I mean, children are extremely resilient, so even if it's something that's, you know, maybe bad or something like that, they can they can bounce back from that. Um, but no, I think that conversation should be had as early as possible, um, understanding that there is a difference. But again, everybody should be treated equal. Everybody should be treated with kindness and respect, uh, as, as what Chris said. So uh, I, 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 think, I think we should learn from the kids. I, I mean, I'm, I've seen, an, like, if you think about how four-year-olds, like young, young kids interact with other kids, they don't think they don't see anything else like their focus isn't um gender their focus isn't you know whether this person that i'm playing with is wearing a skirt or wearing pants if their skin is darker than mine or lighter than mine they're just try. they're just it's about the interaction it's about the experience and i feel like the parents that want to raise kids actually look at the kids i think when i think kids are taught the differences yeah right i feel like i feel like kids learn differences i feel like you know, they, they're, there's like, and we were talking about earlier, curiosity. So, oh, so why is this person, you know, why is my friend Johnny's, you know, skin darker than mine? Oh, well, because they were born in a different place. Like it doesn't need to be, you know, anything super major. I think if it's kept in a place of curiosity and that curiosity is managed and held like in a very soft and like appropriate way, I don't think there needs, there ends up being this thing where they're 15 and 20 and 30 where they don't know how to interact with people. You know, Chris was saying kindness and respect. like. You ask somebody a question, you know, Chris Maria, you ask somebody a question, you know, you, you treat them kindly, you treat them respectfully, and it and I don't think it goes anywhere else other than that. I mean, maybe that's just a reductive response, but I think I like I understand that, but I think I think that begins to change when say that 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 uh just an example. So sure. say it was a, a white child and and a, a non a non white child. Sure. Black could be whatever. Sure. Uh, and you know, I think that conversation is great when they're when they're younger but say when they're teenagers Mm -hmm. or young you know young adults or whatever the case may be and they're say uh, a traffic stop or something like that and they get stopped by a cop and you know we're still in the same world we live in today and the 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 non 
like childish driving and the treatment they see this, you know, this person get versus when I've driven a car or I've gotten pulled over, I've, I've never been treated like that. Why is that? Like, just for those, for those people to understand that type of thing, like that's, I, I kind of think that's what's, what's going on. I know, well, I don't know what Kevin meant per se, but when it comes to understanding the color, like I get it when they're children, uh, as far as, oh, just treat everybody nice. Like, but our world, that's not our world today. Like we don't mm -hmm. treat everybody nice and we don't, we're, we don't live on the rules of kindness and respect as adults. We, we see these other things. So I guess with that convert, I mean, the question in general is how do, how, how do I allow my child or how do I, I guess, bring up my child in a world with this? Like, how do I educate them about these things? And then it's what do we say? And then I think right, that's right. that's the that right. that's the right the real conversation. So what do I say? Right. Do I say that cops are terrible people? Do I say that white people hate black people? Do I say that you know that people are uh, right? Go ahead, Quan. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I I had this this really strange moment just reminded me. Um, and we got to wrap up soon, so I'm gonna leave you guys with this, and then we can try to come back. Um, but I I think I accidentally exposed or introduced a, a kid, like a a very young kid to race because I was hanging out with a uh, friend of Lost you. You might yeah, be done. I'm, I got no audio. Quan, we can't hear you. We hear nothing. <laughs> we, don't hear, we don't hear you. Yeah. Can't we hear. can't hear you. Oh, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, yes. yes. oh, sorry, here we go. So um, I'm pretty certain this, this kid had never like met a person of color before. So um, I was really just kind of taken aback, um, but he saw my hand and he said, you have, you have marker on your hand. I was like, I got marker all over my body. And so like, that was his introduction to a person of color for like the first time. Um, and so I think having that interaction right off the bat is important um, because that's an honest, open dialogue. You know, that's his observation of like, you're different from me. And this is that difference. And so sometimes it's a small conversation that needs to be had versus, you know, much larger, deeper right. conversation, especially for kids, because it's, you keep it simple. If you want to have a tearjerker, there's a video of uh, two little boys, probably no, no more than four or five years old, and they are, I guess, classmates. They see each other after quarantine and they run. Yeah. Yeah. Biggest uh, tearjerker. And uh, we need more, more of that in this world. So that's all I got on that, on that topic. I want to jump back in the next video, but we should probably pause here. Yeah, we probably okay. should. Yeah. We'll be right back with part two of Q&A with the Fellas Five.